Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer and Yahoo, Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. <laughs> so, uh, funny story. Yeah? We recorded an episode. It's actually a week after we recorded it, uh, about Yahoo. Yes. And it was an epic episode. Yes. The longest we had ever recorded up to that point, which is saying something because I think our longest one before that was an hour and seven minutes long. Yeah. So uh, we decided maybe we shouldn't inflict a gigantic episode on everyone. Yeah. We thought that maybe we should spare people and split that into two episodes and make it a little easier to digest. So we have done that. And uh, in our previous episode, if, you, uh, if you're just joining us for the very first time, the episode immediately pre- preceding this one – uh, we talked about the founding of Yahoo, yep. how it started as a company, uh, very much like a couple of other notable companies in mm-hmm. the search engine world. Absolutely. Uh, and how it went from a tiny 
two-man operation to quickly escalate into a, 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 a force to be reckoned with on the web. Mm-hmm. Especially in the uh, advertising world. Which is exactly where we were as we were letting off at the very end of that episode. And we're going to pick up in 2003 and Yahoo's pioneering work in online advertising. So in 2003, uh, Yahoo begins to work at proving that the online advertising model does in fact work and actually shows that there are real world effects from online advertising. And they also launched some new products uh, like uh, Yahoo Maps launched in that year, as well as some uh, chat rooms. And that's when Yahoo began to go beyond curating content and went to content generation. They began to hire bloggers and journalists to write content exclusively for Yahoo. Mm -hmm. So Yahoo, again, Continuing to be a portal to the web, but now not just finding cool information out there and cool stories to share, but generating them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, at the time, too, they also started reaching out to the uh, uh, meat space, if you will, yeah. in, in addition to cyberspace for advertising purposes, too, because uh, they started working with the um, major advertising companies that uh, weren't advertising online. So they were, you know, basically sort of doing partnerships with, with people in the real world. So not just online. Um, and then, you know, Yahoo has always been, as we said earlier, at the forefront of, uh, advertising online. And they started in 2004 to look at, uh, uh, behavioral targeting. Yes. So basically, uh, this is when we start talking about things like cookies that track what you do. Uh, well, hey, he uh, went to a uh, website from a car manufacturer. Maybe he's shopping for a car. Right. Let's so show should, car ads. Let's deliver an ad that's for a car. Yeah, this is uh, the very early days of targeted advertising, which has become something of a science today. But at, the, at that moment was really a new idea. And uh, again, Yahoo was a pioneer in this space, you know, just as they were with web advertising in general. And... Um, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a, a powerful tool. Yes. You know, saying that, well, not only can we deliver your ad to X number of people, but we can deliver it to X number of people who are specifically interested in what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Like these are people who are actively shopping for a product that you happen to make. So if you want them to go to your site, why don't you advertise with us? Yeah, it got even creepier a couple of years later too yeah. when they started getting into the uh the the location based Exactly, ads. yeah. And that yeah. was when we all started going, "Wait, how did you know I right. live in Dallas?" So now it's now now it's not just what I do but where I live. So now you can actually advertise a local business as opposed to just some national chain that happens to offer whatever it is I'm looking for. And that doesn't sound like much to you, the end user, or maybe not as much, because you're going, oh, hey, that's kind of cool. They advertise for the business just down the street. But for the business just down the street, especially small businesses, um, the the money in, in advertising small businesses to local people um, rivals that of sending ads out nationwide. Yep. In fact, probably uh, just I, – I don't know the numbers, but I would guess that it, it may even dwarf that amount because you have people willing to spend locally. And if they can reach their local customers online, that's really cool and uh, people are willing to pay for that. 
Yep. And in 2004, that's when they created some, uh, you know, they had hired the bloggers and journalists. Well, in 2004, they started launching news and sports and entertainment right. uh, sections on their page where that had stories written by these bloggers and journalists. It's also when uh, their deal with Google was up in 2004. That that four-year deal was had expired. And instead of renewing the license, Yahoo chose to uh, employ a company called Inktomi to I create a that. new search algorithm. So uh, yeah, they, they they had been behind one of the other uh, major search engines online, but it you know hadn't been as successful as say Google. Yeah. So Yahoo decides to cut ties with Google, get Inktomi to to provide the 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 horsepower for their search algorithm, and they also hired uh, a ABC executive named Lloyd Brown. Uh, or Lloyd Braun, if you prefer, to uh, to head the media operations arm of Yahoo. Because at this point, they're still looking at getting into producing media outside the web. Like they were looking at potentially doing, you know, uh, media production in the form of movies or perhaps television. Because again, you know, their their CEO came from that world. He was a Hollywood executive, and mm-hmm. um, there didn't seem to be any reason why they couldn't get into that. But that particular arm of Yahoo's business, let's say it failed to get traction. You could also say it flopped miserably. Okay. <laughs> but failed to get traction is is probably the nicer way of saying it. One of the nice things about being a company the size of Yahoo back at that time was that you had lots of people and lots of money and you could try new things. Yes, you had the you had the luxury of failure. Yes. You could you could afford to fail at something, but you know, you know, you could take big chances and if they paid off, that's awesome. And if they didn't, you could absorb it. Um to a point. So in 2005, that's when uh, the first major scandal uh that involved Yahoo's presence in China starts to unravel. And this would actually take place over the next few years. The story is pretty grim. Um, the story is that, okay, so the, the government in China is, uh, let's say it can be a little invasive. Okay. And that the government of China wanted to be able to monitor what citizens were uh, using the internet to, to do. Like what they were, what they were accessing online. Yes. And Yahoo had a presence in China. So the government said, we want to be able to access your information to find out what people in China are searching for and what they're looking at on Yahoo. Mm-hmm. And Yahoo apparently complied with that request, which uh, would lead organizations uh, like the World Organization for Human Rights to protest and ultimately sue Yahoo, stating that essentially what Yahoo had managed to do was be complicit in human rights violations of Chinese citizens uh, by giving the Chinese government private information. Mm-hmm. Yahoo's response was that it was a global company and that it would have to comply with whatever local laws were in place in whichever regions Yahoo operated. Yeah. So it's a it's a complicated issue. On the one hand, you've got a company that is trying to do business in another country. And in order to do business, it has to follow the laws of that country. On the other hand, you have human rights issues, which many people would argue transcend the law. 
and what do you do when you are a business? Yep, yep, and it's uh, you know, it was done in the co- in the name of of doing business in China. Yeah, and uh, which is an um, enormous market. Yes, and it's it's impossible to ignore because there's so many people who live there. Mm-hmm. And there are uh, also enormous competitors yes. there as well. Um, Alibaba, for one. Yeah, which uh, has a relationship with Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Google, I mean, uh, well, I mean, Google, too, has also had conflicts with the Chinese government right. in, in publicized ways. And, and uh, the, the two companies have had to endure um, questions from shareholders yeah, and questions a, from the public. A lot of scrutiny. Yeah, you've got on the one hand, you've got the business side where people are saying, hey, I, I'm investing in you and I want a return on my investment. On yeah. the other side, you've got people saying, hey, do the right thing. Yeah. Don't don't perform actions that are going to lead to suffering. And uh, and Google and Yahoo had two different approaches to this this yeah. problem. Uh, not, not that either of them were necessarily uh, – Perfectly ethical or unethical, you know, they were different approaches, and there was there's a spectrum there, and yeah. and frankly, I can tell you, I would hate to be an executive having to make these decisions because you know you have responsibilities as a human being and you have responsibilities as a business owner, and sometimes those responsibilities don't overlap in a nice Venn diagram. That's that's true, um, and one of the arguments I've heard for doing business in China for these companies is that. Um, it does open people's world up to a lot of information yeah. that they may not have had otherwise. Of course, if the problem can stretch people's minds and maybe make them more open. If the problem is that access to that information also leads to their imprisonment or otherwise harassment from the Chinese government, then there's uh, that issue as well. Yeah. Now, frankly, if if I have to come down on a side, I would say that I don't like what Yahoo did. I mean, I personally, as a just my own personal opinion, uh, I value human rights over that. But I was not in that position, and I cannot honestly say how I would have acted mm-hmm. had I been in that position. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thank I'm thankful I have never been in that position. Yes, because I can't imagine what that stress would be like. Uh, also, in that year, less controversial, uh, Yahoo bought a uh, photo sharing site called Flickr. Hmm, I seem to remember them. Now, that's one of the one of the stories where Yahoo actually, I think, saw a lot more success than uh, Schmoogle did. No, <laughs> Google had had photo Shmoogle. Google and Picasa uh, just doesn't have have the same same presence as Flickr. Now, granted, today even Flickr isn't necessarily as big a name when you have photo sharing services out there like Instagram or even stuff like Facebook or Google Plus, yeah. which you know, Google Plus is built on top of other services like Picasa, but that's, you know, it's an evolution. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was 2005. It was a big year for Yahoo. Uh, tough year with the whole China story starting to unravel. Now granted, that would continue, like I said, for a couple of years, uh, with the lawsuit really coming to a head in 2007. Um, in 2006, uh, Yahoo and uh, and Schmoogle got into a little bidding war. Yeah, that's that's true. And and this is um, I don't know why I keep saying Schmoogle other than the fact that I just like saying it. Okay, the Google, obviously. If you think back, I mean, this is six years ago now, as as of the time we're recording this. Uh, Yahoo was still very much an internet giant. 
Yes. They were still one of the big, big players and they, and they kind of still are now. Uh, but I don't think people think of them that way like they did in 2006. They get a lot of visitors, but man, the the yeah. the drama behind the website has has sort of eclipsed the site itself. Mm-hmm. And and I think I would argue that the stu- some of the things that happened in 2006 are especially painful in the light of what's happened to all of the players since then. So yes, uh, Yahoo and Schmoogle go to war over a video sharing website. Yes. Uh, you may have heard a, of it. A fairly young one at the time. Yes. YouTube. Yeah. So Yahoo was a potential owner of YouTube. They, they tried to purchase the company and Google ended up outbidding them essentially. And, yeah. And so think of how different the world would be if that had happened. <laughs> well, um, you, you know, it, it, in a way, you think about it, you sort of, uh, Take the, uh, your current feelings about all the companies out. It sort of fit more with Yahoo's, uh, package of services more so than Google. Yeah, because Yahoo was already in the, they were the, the content people. Yeah, content curation and creation. Um, and, and Google was more, I mean, they hadn't released a lot of their other products, so they were still very search engine-y. Yeah. They were um, all web advertising and search engine. That was their business. But, uh, you know, the world was turning social. That's, that's why you had sites like Flickr and, and, uh, YouTube. And there were all these new social websites yeah, like this, MySpace. uh, this other company that, that, uh, Yahoo tried to purchase. Uh, you may have heard of it. It sort of decided to go it alone, but at the time they looked it, like they might be a takeover target. Friendster? Um, no, but it does start with an F. Oh. Uh, flick. No, they bought Flickr. Facebook. That's the one. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, I, and it's one of those things where I went back over it and I remembered that this had happened. I went, wow, what if that had happened? Was that 2006? Yes. Man, well, according year. to my notes, yes. Big year. Yeah, I, I, I remembered that happening. I didn't have the year for it. So, yeah, um, getting the traffic that they might have gotten from Facebook and or YouTube yeah. would have – well. Yeah, because their their market share for search at that point had hit a pretty low point. They they had fallen to twenty four percent of the market, and Google was at sixty eight percent. So, you know, this is just six years after Google had come to Yahoo asking for money, and now they were, you know, really just thrashing them in the in the search engine space. And at that point, uh, Semmel decided to kind of clean house, and he he sort of uh, he he re organized a lot of the top-level executives at Yahoo, which mm-hmm. uh, was sort of a stopgap measure, as it turns out. Um, one of those people who left was Lloyd Braun, the mm-hmm. guy who was in charge of that media group. He left in in, uh, in 2006. So, you know, ultimately that, that media operations uh, me- initiative never went anywhere. It was only two years running before uh, he had left. Um, but that leads us into 2007, which is when the CEO resigns. And that was partly due to pressure being put on him by shareholders who were not happy with how much he was making versus how slowly the company was growing. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, we should point that out. Uh, he was His salary was not that big. Um, it was a dollar a year. Now, when he at its height, he was making six hundred thousand dollars a year at, on his salary. But by the time of two thousand seven, it was officially one dollar per year. Now, granted, he had a he had a few stock options, yeah, like seventy million dollars worth. Um, 
So, so don't feel too sorry for him. Yeah, it's not like he wasn't being compensated. It's just that his official salary was just a dollar. Uh, so he steps down and Young ends up – Jerry Young steps in and becomes the CEO. And um, and they hire Susan Decker to become the president of Yahoo. And uh, also Yahoo entered uh, a bidding war with Google. This, you know, this happens every couple of years apparently. Uh, this time to purchase an ad firm called DoubleClick. Yes, and which uh, you will probably recognize as one of the biggest advertising firms online. All right, so now you get to guess who wins the bidding war. And here's a hint: it wasn't Yahoo. Yep. So once again, it, at this point, Yahoo is playing the part of uh, Indiana Jones, and Google is playing the part of Belloc. Who every time Indiana Jones gets something in his grasp, Belloc swoops in and steals it. Yes. There's nothing you can possess that I cannot take away. <laughs> He's left. Except that Belloc actually, you know, does much better in this than in this in this scenario than he did in Raiders of the Lost Ark. As far as I know, he doesn't melt in uh, this scenario. Google yeah. seems to be pretty solid still. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, people thought Yahoo was starting to fail and not be so not not be so uh solid itself yeah having a ceo having a ceo resign uh because of shareholder pressure and then be replaced by someone who is not a business guy you know young wasn't again he was not known as a business uh leader he was known as a, a techno- technology expert so there was a confidence in yahoo was beginning to wane well not beginning. It was continuing to wane, probably in an, at an accelerated rate. Yep. And so somebody decided now might be a really good time to uh, make an offer. Now, granted, to the company behind the scenes there had been offers made already between this company yes. and Yahoo. But in uh, in 2008, that's when a publicized, a well publicized offer was extended to Yahoo, uh, but ultimately not accepted. And that offer came from. Microsoft. Yes, Microsoft got down on one knee in front of everybody at a sport, sporting match and got on the big jumbotron and said, "Will you accept my bid?" This is 2008. We're talking Steve Ballmer. Ballmer strode in and ate three Yahoo employees and then said, "I will give you 45 million dollars for this joint." That's billion with a B. Yeah. Was it billion? Billion. Wow. But Yahoo said, "No." Yeah, yeah, that was that they was. Said, you undervalue us. Go back and try again. Except don't. Yeah, it was. Except um, wait, no, we'd like to partner with you for search because Microsoft was coming up with a new type of search to replace their old type of search. Yeah. Except you know, I think at first it wasn't Bing, right? But, but it became Bing. It wasn't long after that, and I imagine that I think they it was said, live search originally, right? Originally, yeah, but yeah. I think I think. Uh, well, put it this way. If you're in on those talks, they say, hey, you know, we got this Bing thing coming up. Yeah. Well, in 2009, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, they enter, they enter into a, a, a business relationship in the sense that Microsoft ends up partnering with Yahoo. Yeah, a long-term business partnership. Right, um, which uh, we'll get into that. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. 
Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Uh, but in 2009, another another tough year, uh, Yahoo ends up shutting down GeoCities. Yeah. So GeoCities uh, no longer a thing. Yes. Millions of people lose their Animated gifs and and, and midi soundtracks. Yeah, yeah, looping midis. Oh man, uh, I do not miss those days. Um, and Yong steps down as CEO because, again, shareholder pressure was growing. I mean, he. I remember those days too. There was a lot of criticism directed at uh, Yahoo, and some of it was directed at not giving Yong a chance. Yeah, but I mean, there was. There were a lot. There was a lot of stress on both sides, and so Yahoo ends up hiring Carol Bartz, yep. former head of CEO, former head of Autodesk. Uh, she did very well over there, as a matter of fact. She was known as a, sort of a, uh, you know, a, a very ambitious, no nonsense, very savvy uh, businesswoman, and that she might be the leader that they need. And she was. Willing to make some pretty big changes, some pretty drastic changes uh, in the name of saving the company. And not all of the decisions were popular ones, uh, which would end up becoming coming back to haunt her later. And you can argue whether or not her decisions were good ones or not, but they certainly weren't 
popular among the board. Um, and, and also I think there was, there's an argument to be made of short term versus long term results mm-hmm. and that a lot of the changes she was making were changes that if they were successful were going to take some time to pay off. And there's an, a problem in the world of business that uh, if you don't get short term returns quickly, you run the risk of alienating your supporters. And uh, <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah. So in 2010, the company, a lot of people would say that Yahoo was in decline. It was raking in a billion dollars of revenue a year. And somehow that's still in decline. I mean, it's not, it's not growing as fast as it needs to, essentially, is what that boils down to. Yeah. But they still had hundreds of millions of visitors. They're still one of the uh, top visited websites on the entire web. Right. Which is even now, you know, you think about that. Like it's, it's generating revenue. It's getting lots of eyeballs on the site and yet it's still being considered a failure, which is, you know, because you're more, comparing it with itself. Right. It's more to do with the, yeah, it's more to do with what's going on behind the scenes than any of its actual performance in the market. Although you could still say, well, yeah, but look, it's, it's search share is dismal compared to Google. Well, people, I think the thing is too for, for public companies, people have a certain expectation. The shareholders say, okay, uh, you've made $500 million a year for the last 10 years. When are you going to get to 600 million? Yeah. You know, that it staying the same is not good enough. That people expect innovation, new tools, new services, new growth. And even when you're doing great, you know, hey, by by a lot of companies uh standards, that would have been plenty of money. Yeah. But, but yeah. for for Yahoo, people expected it to to continue to grow. And so, uh, yeah, that two, was the problem. 2011, uh things come to a head and the board of directors decides to fire Carol Bartz. So <laughs> she had some choice words for them. Yeah, some some ones that we can't repeat on this podcast. This is a family friendly show. Um, Carol Bartz, outspoken woman, yes. very uh, very blunt, and she was she was actually quite blunt about the what happened uh, with her being fired. She said it was she was fired over the phone, as I recall, right? I think so. It wasn't even in an in an in person meeting, and that she was. Very critical of the board of directors for Yahoo and was um, – she definitely had some choice words to say, most of them not repeatable on this podcast about her experience. And uh, the the critical problems as far as the board was concerned include the fact that the sales growth had stagnated, that ad sales growth was not, not growing at the rate they wanted yeah. and – they felt that the deal that they had struck with Microsoft wasn't helping enough, that this this deal that was supposed to be a big benefit to both companies did not seem to be helping Yahoo the way it was supposed to. And so therefore, uh, it was a bad business decision. Um, <laughs> bad business decision. So Bartz leaves and Tim Morse, who was the chief financial officer at the time, he steps in to serve as the interim CEO until they can find a permanent replacement. Permanent being um, more than five minutes. Yeah, but less fewer than 131 days, as it turns out. Yeah, uh, yeah permanent is a uh, is your mileage may vary for the value of the word permanent because the next CEO hired in 2012 was Scott Thompson, who was a member of the popular. Uh, 
uh, comedy troupe, Kids in the Hall, with Kevin McDonald and not that Scott Thompson. Uh oh, all of my research is wrong. No, this is uh, the president of eBay's PayPal group. Oh, oh wait, no, I do have this information. Okay, so apart from creating uh, cre- funny characters like Buddy, uh, this guy was. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's not that Scott Thompson. Fine. He he steps in. He becomes the new um, CEO, and at that. That same time, uh, or around that same time, Young actually resigns from the board of directors. So he had not been CEO for a while, but now he actually kind of divorces himself from the company and says that it's his time to go and pursue interests that have nothing to do with Yahoo. So I wash my hands of you. Yeah, the co-founder walks away. Uh, so Scott Thompson becomes the new head of the company, and then by April of 2012, which this year, the year we're recording this podcast, uh, Yahoo comes out and says it's going to have to make some pretty drastic job cuts. Yeah, 14% of its workforce. Yeah, 2,000 employees. Now, remember back when it launched its IPO, there were 49 of them. Uh, now 2,000 people are – at least 2,000 people are going to get cut. Um, he also – Thompson says that he will split Yahoo into three different operating groups. Uh, one of which is uh, will oversee the media websites. Uh, that's essentially the consumer group. Uh, one that is called the region group, which is responsible for revenue. And the lo- third operating group is technology, which would be all the 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 systems running in the background that power Yahoo, and uh, and trying to develop those so that Yahoo can be competitive and not necessarily rely on li- licensing deals. With other companies, um, so he makes those those announcements in April, and then in May, uh, Thompson has his own scandal to deal with. Working remotely, where you are, shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi on the network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... 
Oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Yeah, you remember when we were talking about how uh, shareholders expect certain things from the company? Well, one of the shareholders was a company called Third Point. Yeah, and uh, a hedge fund. And the thing that they expected was that the CEO. biographical information of the CEO was accurate and that the degrees that he claimed he held, he actually held. Which, as it turns out, was not so much the case. Yeah, that, that was a tiny problem. Was that Thompson had on, um, there was a securities filing that listed one of Thompson's achievements was a, a degree in computer science. Uh, it's, uh, turns out to be a fictional degree. Uh, due to an inadvertent error. According to Yahoo, yeah. Yahoo's claim was that it was just a mistake. Like someone had just mistakenly attributed this degree in computer science to Thompson and that, that was, it was an innocent mistake. It was yeah. not intentional. They weren't trying to mislead anyone. Third point was having none of it. Yeah, he do, he does in fact have a bachelor's in accounting. Yeah, accounting uh, and computer science are two different disciplines, as it turns out. Yes, uh, you can't account for that. Oh man, um, you're an accountant. Account for yourself. So yeah, his number was up because uh, with six percent of the the shares, uh, third point was really pushing hard. And, yeah, this, uh, this wasn't someone who owns a single share of Yahoo. This was someone. This was a company that had, had enough clout to to at least raise a ruckus. Yeah, and, and they said we want to see. Yeah, a ruckus is raised. Shenanigans can be called, and then it's get out the brooms. And they said, we want to see all of his credentials. We want to see your credentials, professor. Yeah, and uh, eventually Thompson, um, actually eventually, not days later, Thompson agrees to resign uh, from the position of CEO. And in fact, there was some evidence to show that he was... The error wasn't inadvertent? Yeah, the error was not an error. It was a calculated uh, misstatement or a misstatement of the facts. Uh, or a fabrication, if you prefer. There are a lot of different words we could use. Um, a fib would be another one we could mention. So yeah, so he's it, the defibrillator. Yeah, he 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 got defibrillated, and uh, and so from the time he became CEO to the day he resigned, that span of time was 130 days. So uh, at, at that point, a man named Ross Levinson, who was the media group head, uh, became the interim CEO until they could find a replacement. And then in July of 2012, that replacement was named. And that is one of the stories that has given people a new hope. Another Star Wars reference again uh, for Yahoo and that that new CEO, Marissa Meyer, who was. Uh, coming from the company that had given Yahoo so many headaches in the past, Google. Yes. She, in fact, she was uh, employee number 20 when yes. she uh, 
graduated from, wait for it, Stanford, Stanford University. University. She's she, got a degree in symbolic systems and a master's in computer science. This Now, Marissa Meyer, uh, I've listened to her speak. We have videos about uh, of Marissa Meyer on the Curiosity website mm-hmm. because she's one of the experts that we have consulted for the Curiosity Project. Mm-hmm. Marissa Meyer is – she knows her stuff. I mean incredibly intelligent – uh, very well spoken, very charismatic person. So she's not just well versed in the technology that is the foundation for today's web. She's also a people person. I mean, she she has a, a charisma that some computer scientists, the stereotypical computer scientist, might not necessarily possess. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Well, she was employee number 20 at Google and, and had her choice. She had a smorgasbord of offers. Yeah. Waiting for her when she finished it. She was, and she was the first female engineer at Google. The very first Mm -hmm. female engineer to work for Google, employee number 20. She specialized, if you want to know what her specialization was when she got these degrees, artificial intelligence. Interesting. I mean, and here's another thing. She is, She's a month older than I am. Huh. One month. She is now the CEO of Yahoo. She holds these degrees. She is by far wicked smart, way smarter than I am. And, uh, and, uh, I am, I have nothing but admiration for her. Uh, her accomplishments are phenomenal and her, her span of knowledge in her field is amazing to me. Yeah, she uh she has her work cut out for her, uh frankly, yeah. but uh and some people have said that she is a little difficult to work with at times, but um she's also may... the youngest CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Yeah. She's, you know, she's there are some people who say she's not tested in a leadership role of the scope, which you know, you could I mean, that's true. She has not had a leadership role of this size. She's headed some major departments within Google. Uh, she headed the, the search products and the user experience department. She also then headed the local maps and location services department. But she's never led an entire company, let alone a company that has had as public a history of problems and issues as Yahoo. Yeah. So there's... It's not not to say that she is going to turn everything around and that she has the magic pill that's going to cure Yahoo's ills and make it a power player in the technology space again. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've seen a lot more optimism, cautious optimism about Yahoo than I have in years. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, immediately after coming in, and, and keep in mind, this happened in July of 2012. We're recording this in mid-August 2012. So she's been on the job about a month, more or less. Yeah. And um, she immediately came in and began making changes to the, corp- to the corporate culture there. She, she also made an announcement that got people uh, talking in the sense of, wow, she just became CEO and – She's going to be on maternity leave before too long. Yes, as it turns out, she's preggers. Yeah. Um, but uh, and yes, but people by and large, it's it's funny because uh, with as much scrutiny as Yahoo's CEOs have received over the past few years, um, <laughs> there is the uh, the question on many news sites going: Can she 
pull this off. She's having a baby. And by and large, the, res- the answers I've seen are yes. Now let's move on. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know, why are you like worried about that? That's, you know, <laughs> well, and well, some people might say that that would uh, affect your judgment. Well, what if you decide you want to stay home with the kid? Uh, most people I've read about seem to think that she is absolutely capable of separating her work life from her home life and coming into to Yahoo every day and making a difference. Yeah, there's and a, she seems like she's already taken charge pretty well. I think I think most of the doubts there there are two possible uh, sources for those doubts. One is just that Yahoo has had such a tumultuous recent past and it's hard to think of anyone getting a grip on that and and getting things to calm down and turn around. Uh, and the other is a little bit more of a sexist opinion. Yeah, <laughs> that, I think that's that I probably don't true. really. I think is I think is uh, immaterial. I don't think it applies necessarily. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, uh, well, there's um, maybe this is because I happen to work. We both, Chris and I, work with uh, some amazing women at How Stuff Works. Yep. Some incredibly talented writers, editors, developers. Some of whom are moms. Some of many of whom are moms, and all of whom do a phenomenal job. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. when you have that experience day to day, you're like, I don't understand your question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, uh, Marissa Meyer is definitely a, a strong person for the role. Yes. Uh, no matter. <laughs> no matter what other uh, personal things are going on in her life. And I really don't think she's going to intentionally let the company down. I think she's a good person to lead them through the change. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I, I'm one of those people who likes to see competition out there. I think Yahoo has a chance to uh, to reinvent itself and stay relevant. Um, in the years going forward and, and compete with with players like Facebook and Google on different fronts. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see that they have a, a, a person like her in charge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it will, you know, it, it's going to take some time for us to see how this shakes out and whether or not it, it, it ultimately pays off. But, um, you know, it's it's. Nice to see some optimism for a change. Yes. So uh, even if it is of the cautious variety. So we will keep our eyes on the developments of Yahoo and maybe, who knows, maybe uh, in, in a couple hundred episodes, we will revisit the company and have a whole new set of stories to tell about what has happened and, and some of the shenanigans and brooms that go on behind the scenes. And yeah, the, the next six CEOs. Yeah. Yeah. That was five CEOs in five years is rough. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that wraps up this discussion about Yahoo. If you have suggestions for topics we should cover in future episodes of Tech Stuff, you can contact us through email. Our address is techstuff at discovery.com. Or let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle at both of those locations is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, With SAP Concur, you can easily handle 
almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.